This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Okay, so I made this announcement on Instagram, but I haven't told you on the podcast yet. I'm guessing you've kind of noticed the schedule's a little bit different this week, and that's because I have something to tell you. (laughs) Um, I came back from sabbatical in a bit of a whirlwind, I had big plans, big ambitions, and friends, I was living the opposite of what I preach, meaning I was working like 10 hour days. I was had like every second of my day was accounted for. I felt like there was no time for self-care and I was shoving all of my self-care into the morning, which we just talked about, and it just wasn't working for me. And I full transparency had like a session with my therapist where I was like here's everything that's on my plate here's what I'm like everything feels important and I need to suss out because I know that this is a trick that my brain plays on me that everything is urgent everything is important nothing can be let go and through that conversation we came to the best solution for me right now would be to not podcast every single day, Um, to go down to three days a week instead of five, partially because I want to, I've been really proud of the podcasts that I've been doing since I came back, and it takes a lot more time and attention to create those, Um, but I don't want I don't want to lower quality just so that I can have quantity. And quantity is something that comes much more naturally to me. Quality is something that takes a lot more focus. And so we have decided, me and I say we, I have decided with the support of my therapist that, uh, yeah, I'm going to go down to three days a week. So we're going to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I love the concept and I've loved the last however long we've been doing this has it been a year maybe a year and a half how I don't remember when we started going five days but I've loved doing that with you like I I think it's very fun to be a part of your morning routine to be a part of your commutes I that's so exciting to me and I'm gonna miss that I feel um a small amount of grief in the loss of that and at the same time, there is zero doubt in my mind that this is the best thing for both me and the podcast moving forward. It gives me space to really pour my heart into the more themed episodes. It also allows me room to not take on every interview that 
I mean, I don't already, I already don't really do that, but there's a sense of pressure that I always have to have an interview. It just allows me to be more conscious of the content that I'm creating, much more connected to the content that we're, I'm putting out and also more connected to my life and being a person um, because I do have other goals that I want to achieve this year that I have to make time for somehow. So this is the plan. I am sorry if it's disappointing. I hope that it's reasonably so that, you know, we, we still hang out together. I hope that you don't leave me. <laughs> um, but I do think that that's a fear I have to withstand in order to do what's best for me and the podcast in this situation. So that's what's happening. It's very scary, but also I know that it's the right thing to do. And, um, yeah, I appreciate you understanding in advance. And, Today is a Q&A episode, so as a reminder, you can always send questions in to 828-338-9127. I love questions about the Enneagram, self-care, personal growth, creativity, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm open to all your questions and so excited to get to answer them on the podcast. Today's question was texted in. It said, hi, Sarah Jane. I'm a one-wing nine, struggling with other people's reactions to and perceptions of my anger. I spent most of my life repressing it, and now I'm trying to allow myself to feel and actually process my anger, which I feel all the time, but I don't feel allowed to do that because I keep getting feedback that it's too much or too intense. I feel like other types may experience this with their go-to emotions, too. For example, Forrest constantly being told they're too sad and to get over it. Any advice and practical tips on how to deal? Thanks so much for your amazing podcast. It's life-changing. First of all, thank you so much. Thank you for sending in a question. Second, I'm sorry that's happening. I, I do think that we all experience a sense that we are too much in one way or another, whether that's um, you know even messaging that we give to ourselves or messaging that we receive from other people. I do think that we have like a an auto emotion that we tend to fall into that may be a lot for the people in our lives. Now, because I don't know your situation exactly, I'm going to talk to kind of two different possibilities here. One possibility is that you are trying to go through your own experience of honoring your anger, you know, allowing your anger to exist and processing it. The second is that potentially we what we tend to do sometimes when we're we're getting comfortable with anger is that we look to other people to answer to what they did that made us angry um, even if maybe we're angry a lot and um, we're not looking at ourselves we're kind of looking at other people saying like I want you to do this so that I'm not angry and so I'm gonna speak to both of those things I have about seven little talking points I wrote down for myself and and they're kind of bouncing between those two. I'm not telling you that I think you're doing one or one of these. It's probably like most of us some combination of both, but I am just going to speak to both just in case and for those at home who are listening. So the first thing is that yes, when we start to grow and change, the people in our lives often struggle with 
us not playing the role that they're used to us playing. So if they're, you know, if the people in your lives are very accustomed to you repressing your anger, you know, smiling through the frustration and just kind of pushing through, then it's going to be uncomfy for them as you start to honor your anger more and experience it more more honestly. That being said, um, it's okay for them to feel that way, right? I think a lot of times we, let's, let's think of our Enneagram type as like our little turtle shell. We go into our little turtle shell and we live in our turtle shell and we're like, this is who I am, I'm this shell. And then we start to grow, we start to learn more about ourselves, we start to develop and we like poke our heads out of the shell and any indication that that is not okay, we just go right back in, right? Someone says like, oh, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable and we go, okay, I'll just go back into the shell because that's comfortable, that's easy, that's the role we've always played, it comes most naturally, but right? The relationships in our lives that are going to stay with us and develop with us are the ones that allow us to stay and develop, right? They're going to stick by us as we grow and we change. And often we grow and we change together. And so as you grow and you change, the people in your life are going to be likely uncomfy, but just let them get to know the new you and and the developing you and be in consistent conversation about what this process is like for you and how it's making you feel and why you're doing it. Um, They're part of it, (laughs) you know, they're part of that process. And honoring both their experience with you and kind of how uncomfortable it might be for you to be changing, also honor the fact that you changing isn't bad. And, that, and it's okay for you to be growing in this way. So that's point one. Point two is the other thing that can happen when we start to change is what I call the pendulum swing. And I do this so intensely, it gives people whiplash, I swear. So when you realize that something needs to change in your life, like, okay, maybe you've been in this kind of one way of being, like we're this repressing anger path, and you realize, okay, I need to start honoring my anger, loving myself in the midst of my anger, allowing my anger to flow through me, then we kind of swing all the way to the other direction where it's like, okay, now I'm going to not filter my anger at all. I'm going to let my anger just be at the front and center. If I'm angry, you're going to know about it. You're going to hear about it. You're going to feel it. And we almost kind of we go the opposite direction, right? And, And I think like that anger element, the opposite direction of anger here would be like more of that lower to average level of health for an eight, where it's like anger's front and center and everybody's at risk of being on the receiving end of our wrath, right? So that's kind of the other extreme here to that like type one smile through the frustration repression is this everything, the anger is like forward, So that being said, I think that one, that's often a natural part of the growth process, right? Like we have to experience the other extreme in order to kind of come back to a natural center. But I do think it's helpful to notice what the center is or to claim the center. Um, To me, and this, I'm not going to speak for you. I want you to develop this for yourself. But 
for me, I would say like my ideal relationship to anger, which I rarely succeed at, but my ideal relationship to anger or irritation or frustration, I think those are all some, you know, some form of anger. I is to hold it with so much love and tenderness and no rejection, but also not a sense of being wronged or needing to fix this. And the reason is because oftentimes that anger is coming from a place within me and it's not really about the other people. Sometimes it's about the other people, right? And like maybe someone's done something that's really hurtful. Um, and But I, I like to explore why was this hurtful to me specifically? What is this bringing up in me? And pointing it all kind of internally from a place of like nurturing, nurturing and compassion for myself instead of how can this other person make this feeling go away or pay for how they've made me feel. So um, that's my personal like definition of what my ideal relationship to anger looks like. Now, this doesn't mean that I shove that feeling down, right? I'm not shoving that feeling down, but I'm also not shoving that feeling in the face of someone else. What I am doing is I'm honoring it. I'm letting it flow through me. And I'll get to like ways to do that in a minute, like how I kind of let them flow through me if, I, if I'm doing it the way that I like to. Um, but I'm not placing blame on myself or others. I'm more so just kind of noticing how how what's the sensation of anger feel like what's that sensation trying to do where did the pain point of this sensation come from and allowing it to go now i don't think that this like analyzation thing is always step one i think step one is just like feeling it and just like feeling it as much as you're feeling it honoring it, respecting that sensation in you. But at the same time, again, it's like, I'm not blaming myself and I'm not blaming others. Again, I just want to wrap this point up by saying that pendulum swing and that center point is your definition of how you want to honor your anger. What does a healthy relationship to anger look like for you? And to me, I'm giving you my definition. I also want to honor the reality that Doing that is very hard, and I probably get to do it one out of 10 times perfectly, you know? And then I'm like so proud of myself because <laughs> I'm like, wow, you really did what you intended to this time. That's not always the case, um, for me at least. All right, number three, what does expressing your anger look like right now? And I think I think noticing, okay, when they say too much, quote unquote, what does that mean? What does that saying like what is the impact that expressing your anger is having on our the people in our lives and is it coming from a place of like okay i could probably focus more on my responsibility here or is it like i'm expressing this this sensation privately or i'm expressing the sensation as well as i can and it's still making them uncomfortable because people don't want me to be different you know I think it's important to really like notice how am I expressing my anger what is that looking like okay number four 
Are you honoring your anger without asking others to fix the feeling? So that's a big, there's a big difference there, right? We talked about this a little bit, but if I'm honoring my anger, that doesn't always mean that anger is going to be solved. And it doesn't always mean that I even need to talk to someone else about it because a lot of times, and I'm not saying repress it, hide it, don't, don't talk to people when they truly need, you truly need to more so, um, the energy of, if you would just blank, then I wouldn't be angry. Um, it's not the same thing as feeling our feelings. Trying to solve our feelings isn't feeling our feelings. And so I just want to make sure that we, we touch base on that. Like if I am going to my partner and saying like, I wouldn't be so angry if you would just put the dishes away. Yeah, it's true. Like I probably would be angry that the dishes aren't put away, right? Like that, that is frustrating. But at the same time, I, it's much more nourishing for me to just like allow myself to be angry, feel those feelings, and then make a request for what I need next time and how I would like to have the conversation in the future. Um, allowing the feeling to come and go and then expressing from a place of not being in that like fighting mode because then I'm actually more likely to be heard. So let's talk about what does honoring your anger even look like? I'm just going to tell you some ways that I honor my anger. Um, I punch a pillow, scream into a pillow, or if I'm driving in my car, I might scream at the top of my lungs. <laughs> um, that helps me to like move the energy. Um, angry journaling, writing down every last thing you wish you could say on paper, um, bonus points if you do it with like a really intense like write really fast and really hard and just like say everything you want to say then um stomping around you know stomping around outside is really nice because there's not like you're not like creating like a hostile environment in your home but you are allowing like the full expression of your rage um and then the last thing you can do is just like rip up paper you know just kind of have that sensation of ripping paper up maybe you write an angry journal entry and then you rip it up with paper you know you rip it up for that sensation as well these are all ways that you can allow the anger energy to move through your body without involving anyone else and just kind of letting yourself feel the way that you're feeling and and be the way that you are the next point is, you know, what's the more vulnerable feeling that your anger is trying to protect? And I think this is, this is probably step three to me is like, okay, you feel your feelings, you honor that sensation, you greet it with love, then you kind of get into, well, why are you here? What are you trying to protect? You know, am I angry because the little kid in me feels dismissed? Am I angry because I feel like I always have to do the dishes and if I, I'm unappreciated? Are you angry because, you know, you feel like someone is making you feel like a fool or a failure? You know, pay attention to like, what's the more vulnerable thing that the, the fighter in you is trying to guard? I like to think about, um, there's this therapy process that I've never personally done. I've just read about it, but I, it's called like internal family systems. And essentially it's kind of like, there's these different parts inside of you that 
have different roles and you know you have kind of this like fighter character inside of you and it's playing the role of protector so like what is it trying to protect um if we explore the lens through the lens of the enneagram and the way that i even approached the last book that i wrote and that we have all of these enneagram types inside of us what is the eight in you trying to say right now like that fighter energy like what is it trying to guard you from um, and who is the more vulnerable character inside of you that is asking for protection? And then you can communicate from that place. Instead of communicating from the fighting place, you can communicate from the more vulnerable place. Because when we communicate from the more vulnerable place, we're greeted with empathy instead of defensiveness, right? We're, we're able to then invite in more connection versus creating a sense of like creating that shield or that distance. So I read this quote from Thich Nhat Hanh in Monday's podcast, but I want to read it here again specifically to you. So it's a reminder that there is nothing wrong with having anger arise in you and that this is just, you know, a part of the process. So here's a quote, do not fight against pain. Do not fight against irritation or jealousy. Embrace them with great tenderness as though you were embracing a little baby. Your anger is yourself and you should not be violent toward it. The same thing goes for all of your emotions. I'm sending you love on your journey. Thank you so much for sending in your question and um, happy anger. Happy anger is a weird thing to say. I hear it now. All right, friends, don't forget that you can have your self-love, personal growth, creativity questions answered by calling or texting in to 828-338-9127. And those are, that phone number is always in the show notes for you as well. And thank you all so much for being here. I will see you Monday for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.